0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to EMU's More Podcast. Kaylee here with my sister, Jamie Harry. And we have a special guest here for you guys today from Last Chance You season five. Uh, Mr. Dior Walker Scott here with us all the way from Hawaii. And uh, we're just gonna get into it. The episode that uh, we decided to name this was Tackling Every Adversity because we felt that Dior was one of those players that's tackled a lot of adversity just being able to hear some of his story. And uh, we really wanted to showcase him on here because he's what we see in a lot of athletes nowadays and what we want to see in future athletes is a player that will do whatever it takes to get where they want to get, Uh, not scared of bumping heads with people, not scared to just push through regardless if they're going through something negative or not. They see the positive out of it. So that's really why we brought him on here and we're just very excited Um, and we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. So, uh, we'll get started with just trying to figure out who you are, who is Dior, where are you from, what drove you into football, and yeah, just all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so, my backstory is pretty crazy where I'm from. Uh, I was born in San Diego, just got moved around a lot with my mama, uh, and then like at the age of five, I had to go back to San Diego with my father, stay with him till I was like 17. So, we moved around. Up, up in california so i was in san diego back when i was five and then i went moved to the bay area when i was what fourth grade and then i've been there ever since until i had to go to arkansas with my mom my in my um uh, senior year uh just a little bit about me just this real quiet down to earth kids just trying to make some some of myself so yeah. really much to it
0: that's dope. I love to hear that you want to make something of yourself because that—that's all I saw throughout the whole season and all that. So it's good to really hear you say that. Yeah, and um, man, and like my mentors, they taught me. Well, what I learned is,
2: and just through my own experiences, passion is power. And uh, just looking at your clips on Last Chance You, I can tell you have a lot of passion just from. The way that you communicate with your team, the way that you lead, the just everything. So, where does that where does that passion come from?
1: It comes from anger. Mm-hmm. This uh, that passion comes from anger. Uh, just as a little kid, always been always getting picked on, it wasn't the best. Uh, even my father just just telling me that I'm not the best. That there's other kids who're better than me. Uh, he wishes that some kids. He wishes that um, he had other kids as his kids and shit like that. So it was really that passion was from anger to try to be the best. Just knowing that I can be the best. That I'm i where I want to be. I want to be the best at it. So that's that's where that passion comes from.
2: I can um, I can definitely relate to what you what you saying as far as. Uh, I had people. Well, they didn't know it at the time, but my last name is Harry. So in school, I had kids that would pick on me because of my last name, and I used to kind of feel uh, embarrassed about my last name, especially like when the teacher would call like the uh, road you know call. the roll call. Yeah, um, but now I like I'm I, I use that to fuel me, and that's what I like. What you just said, the anger. I think a lot of times people they may take that anger and they use it in a negative way, but you took that anger. And, and you used it to feel your, and motivate you even more, so that's dope.
0: Yeah, anger is what gets me going, because a lot of people, they don't see the potential that you have in the moment where you might not be at your best, and they think, oh, you're not going to make it, or you got all these negative people in your ear, and I had that growing up a lot, just hearing people speak negative on me, and I got to a point where, for a second, I started to believe, and I was like, you know, maybe I'm not that good, and then... It was just like I had to sit down with God and I had to say like you know, forget what everybody else is saying. Like I know that I'm a great player and I'm a, and I'm gonna prove that to them. You know, everybody didn't think that I would make it in basketball, and here I am, D1. So you can't you can't tell me that the mind is not a powerful thing because it is. And I could have really shut down and hindered myself, but I wouldn't let any of that negative stuff get to me. Yeah,
1: right. It was it was a lot of things that can like shut me down, like. When I was on a bus going to Arkansas, I I almost shut down. Like I almost gave up in life, to be honest. And
0: mm.
1: I just talked to myself, talked to God. I was like, man, I, I know this can't be in the road for me. No. Nah. So when I came back to California, going to Laney, I came with a mindset where this is my last shot. This is my last. Like this is like my last chance. So I need to make the best of it because I know there's people still believe that I can't do it. That I'm too small. That I'm not good enough. So. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm passionate. Like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to be dominant. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and keep that mindset going. Never, never give up and never feel like what everybody else is saying is true because that does not define you or make you who you are today. Mm -hmm. Because that's, uh, like I said,
2: with my last name, I had to embrace it. Like, and now I love it. Like, I love my last name. And then my wife, she loves it. Like, she lo- It's just crazy. I don't know. It's just crazy how mm-hmm. something that was I looked at as negative turned into just flipping it as uh, positive just by the, like, Haley was saying about the mindset and stuff like that. And uh, that leads mm-hmm. to the next question, because I went JUCO. My first, uh, my uh, freshman and sophomore year, I was JUCO. I went to Paris Junior College. And um, I know a lot of kids out there um they they may look at jucos they frown upon jucos or they may feel like it's um, belittle like it's beneath them or it's discrediting them cr- their credit. So what would you say uh, to a person like that? Like, what's your perspective on juco? You
1: know, that was funny because that's how it was at first, just being like a freshman through junior year. I I thought like juco like you wasn't good enough to play football, so I really looked down upon juco too. But that I really look at him my senior year was like. You know I can use this to better myself, really develop myself. But I really think JUCO is JUCO is really that dog mentality. Like yeah. if you can make it at JUCO, you can make it anywhere. To be honest, because it's no joke with JUCO. You don't have the benefits of the D one college. You don't have the benefits. You don't have. You feel like there's no competition level, but there's really some dogs out there in JUCO. Yeah. And you got to you're gonna realize that that first game, like okay, these boys come out here to play. And I love how I went to. The Cali Juco was no scholarship, so you really had to get it out in the mud. So if, if, like, if you, you see the people who really want it versus people who really don't want it because they filter out the first few weeks. So I feel like if you're going to look down upon Juco, you, you shouldn't look down upon Juco, to be honest, because it's just the same competition level, maybe even better, to be honest.
0: Exactly. It's a lot of people that take the scholarship for granted, and you can see it day in and day out. Like, I wake up with a grind mentality. It doesn't matter if I got all the things in the world that other players may not have. Like, I know that I got to work for it because that's how I was raised. Like, we had to get it out the mud or you don't make it. So seeing kids that go to top D1 schools, they don't take advantage of the work ethic or working hard or doing all that they can to get the most out of the scholarship that they're given. And seeing, I mean, just seeing from your story, you're sleeping in a car and you like wake up every day still going to school, still doing handling your business. And it's like seeing that is like nobody should ever have an excuse for not doing what they need to do or not going at it each and every day with a killer mentality like, I'm about to take your head off. But you know, I guess it's just all about perception and how people view it. And some people just feel like view it as a vacation and it's not you know I mean
1: that is some that's that's some people's ways of thinking like that I, I can never think like that that's just how I how I grew up I can never think that it's, me being a d1 that's, that's satisfying
0: Mm-mm. yeah that's exactly how I feel so like what are some practical things that you do to get better each and every day like on and off the field
1: really get my mind right in my body right, to be honest. I can really go hard every day, but if I don't have the strong mental game, then mm-hmm. what's the point of being out there? Yeah. Uh, just really just meditating, reading the word, to be honest. Like, I'm not a, I'm not really spiritual, but I do my mom's time every day, just read the word a day. Mm-hmm. And that really helps me calm down, really appreciate God more, really appreciate myself more.
2: And that, uh, man, that's, that's major to me because I think that's foundational. And because I feel like no matter what you go through, I think that foundation, that's something that you, like, if I'm going through adversity, right, because everybody got adversity, everybody go through challenges, right? But him being that foundation, you have something to fall on and lean on. Like you said, it brings, it calms you, it brings comfort. And in my opinion, it takes the load, takes the load off you because a lot of times we feel like we carrying so much weight because of everything that we've been through and feeling like, man, I got to get this on my own. I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's like, God just reminds you, like, no, I got your back. Like I know people, other people may have let you down, but I'm not them people and I got your back. Yeah. So I definitely
0: understand that. Do you feel that, so this is a question that just comes to my mind. Like, do you feel that hard work beats talent when talent decides to not work hard?
1: Yes, and all the time that was that's was been my motto since man since I was ten,
0: yeah that's something I live big on
1: <laughs> I live on this just keep working hard, even though talent yeah talent can take you so far mm-hmm. but if you have that hard work, you go deeper and deeper and like really dig deeper and really be better than just having talent,
0: yeah, I feel like with talent it's like the what is that, the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise, all the way in last place, and then you got the hare that's super fast, just going, 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 and then he decided to take a break. I feel like in life, that's how a lot of people take it. A lot of people, they slow down, they feel complacent with where they are. And you got people right behind you trying to take what's yours. And at any given moment, any given day, anybody can take your spot. Anybody can take what you have. Anybody can multiply what you have. So it's like, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And a lot of people don't have that mindset. So that's why I really wanted to ask you that and to hear that that's something that you've lived by since you were 10. That's been something I've lived by like my whole life. I'm like, man. We're relating here. Um,
2: Elaborate. I know you have brought up Arkansas, um, but elaborate on that. Like, what for people that don't know your story, um, that might haven't watched Last Chance, you what uh, led you to move into Arkansas in the first place?
1: So, me and my dad, we got to—I don't like call my dad my father. Me and my father, we got to a fight, and. I think I went away to my friend's house because it was just too much. Like if I would have stayed there, we would have kept finding it all night long. So I went to my friend's house the next day. My mom texted me, it was like, Your dad, my mom takes me, your dad has a ticket for you to Arkansas. If you don't take that ticket, the police is gonna come get you as a runaway. So I feel like eh, now I was stuck, like I didn't know what to do. So I decided, man, let me just go to Arkansas, just really get away. But I was scared because I had I was doing basketball. I had track over here. I was just scared because I'm leaving my life, going to a new life all of a sudden. So I was just I was so scared what to do. And then so I grabbed my stuff. I packed my stuff. They they packed my stuff. And then I'm thinking, okay, he brought me uh, he brought me a, a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. But to find out, dude bought me a bus ticket. I'm like, so you don't you really don't respect me? Like that's really love you. So I. I I don't I don't respect him as a man to be honest, and I know I respect him as father. I really appreciate what he did for me, but once I saw that bus ticket in my hand and see how many cities I have to go through, like don't don't expect me to be our buddy buddy with you. That's that's what I felt like, <laughs> and so my uncle took me. Uh, my uncle James, he took me to uh, Oakland, and he stopped me. He was like, "Look, we could turn around right now." We were like, we can turn around right now and you can talk to him, this all could be over with. Just let me know what you wanna do. And I thought about it, it's like, yeah, no, I, I can't do that, let me just, and just go with my mom. So I went there, what, that was a four day bus ride, like a whole bunch of delays, uh, I spent Christmas Eve and Christmas alone. Like my Christmas dinner was a bag of Ruffles, uh, bag of Ruffles, a honey bun, and root beer. That was my Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, i was—I was never forget that. So I went to Arkansas. Uh, my mom told me game plan, what school I was going to go to. Like, at first, I was frustrated. And I just, I knew, just like, hey, I just have to just this. Attack, and just go through it, because I'm not going to drop out and just fail. Because then I'll, I work all this. I work hard to do everything I love for what. So I went to school, come to find out. He hasn't disrolled me in anything. So I'm still enrolled in classes back in California. So I had to wait two weeks to get back in school. So I'm missing class time, missing credits. And then I finally got my classes. So then after that, this, everything was a wrap. This. I graduated, played track. This. I really just did my own thing. And then I knew I had a game plan. This. I know as soon as I, was, as soon as I graduated, three days after, I went back to California just to go back to Laney. Yeah, no, it's crazy.
0: And do you feel that, like, that's that anger that you have deep down inside you right there that just motivates you to keep going?
1: Yeah, I think that, and then just him, what he did to me before, just how he abused me, not even physically, just mentally and verbally. Like, that's where that anger comes from. Mm -hmm.
0: And any type of abuse is abuse, like, regardless if it's physical or not. I think we've all had our fair share of abuse that right. mental especially mental because i have gone through a lot of mental abuse where i just was like i cannot take this anymore like just getting so frustrated and irritated and that's what made me want to get out the house <laughs> and that's why i'm all the way in california and not out here in texas <laughs> so no, for real because people don't understand
2: that's why people don't i think sometimes parents they because they They want the best for us, but sometimes the way they reciprocate it, go yeah, the way they go about it is just wrong, you know. And it's like you don't have you can build your child up and love on your child, and they'll still produce and do the things that you need to do. Not saying that you know you can't be hard on them here and there, but it's just it's just way like you said ways to go about it. But
1: yeah,
2: yeah, nah, because I I definitely done been through some stuff because it make you. And I know my sister can really relate to to you know going through certain mental things and it's like cause it make you feel like you're not enough. It make you feel like like damn, like are you are you ever gonna be proud of me? Are you ever gonna be like it's like this expectation? Where's your expectation at, first of all? What, you know, so nah, I, I understand.
1: <laughs> that's crazy how you said it, because that's that's how it was. Like, am I really good enough? Like. What kind of do to satisfy you? Like I'm, I'm trying to do everything to satisfy you, but it feels like when I can't do enough and I'm doing everything, I feel like less of a person. And I realized, like man, I've been doing that with people for so long, and it's been messing me up mentally. So I said in the show, it's like putting people versus a liability. I had to put myself first. So I can so I can regain my mental strength again. So I won't go crazy.
0: You can't please everybody, especially if you do all you can. Like I'm not about to keep sitting here trying to make you proud and even every little achievement I get, it's not good enough. Like what more do you expect me to do? Exactly. With that pain, do you feel that because of that pain you've had, it's helped you elevate and made you stronger and the person that you are,
1: yes. I think it has. I think there there is ups and downs with my pain because yeah. it'd be some days where I just spaz out and is be overly aggressive with stuff, and I have to calm myself down because I don't want to be that person. But it has helped me a long way just me being motivated every day, just striving to be great,
0: yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. That's the that same here, and that's I feel that's with my sister too. She done gone through. Jamie's gone through a lot of stuff and, and hearing a lot of people like bash her for things that she does and things that she's passionate about. And she really had to show people, you know, like, well, through with her anger, she showed people, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I love to do. And if you're if you with me, you're riding with me or not, you can, you can get you a bus pass and leave. You don't <laughs> have to be here. You don't, you don't have to do this with me, you know? Yeah. Because,
2: I mean, I just had to learn to channel it. Because if not, it'll I would just reproduce what we went through growing up. And yeah. then it's not like I went through my pain, a lot of my is kind of, a lot of my pain and motivation comes from what I experienced and saw growing up with my mom and my dad. They and you know, even with my stepdad, like they're not saying that they weren't great men or they aren't great fathers or anything like that, but they, you know, the way they communicated, the way they, it just, it, it just could have been, you know, a little different, but, um, I don't know. That's where my, my pain, that's where it just, it ignited a fire in me that I don't know. But, but at the same time though, I like me and my wife, we went to premarital counseling. Uh, we got married in March, um, went to premarital counseling and we, I learned so much about myself, about her, and I have seen the benefit of it. And um, now it's something that we do every three months that we're gonna do to the day that we die because it's healthy. And I, you know, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but it's like it's super healthy. It's it's cause you get to the root of certain things because and then I cause I start seeing certain things within my marriage or my relationship, and I'm like, hold up, like nah, I ain't because I'm not trying to do what I saw or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to communicate to you like the way that I saw the communication went on in my household. So it's just having a mediator allowing you to let it out, but asking you like thought provoking questions just helped so much. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it kind of helped me at the same time show grace to my parents because knowing that they might just didn't know. They not say, cause you think like, well, you should know, yeah. but it's like they also had a childhood too. And we don't really know what went on in their household. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, but at the same time, you know, I still remember it, but, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. Um, a, a question that also that we want to ask you is that we know like your initial plan wasn't to go JUCO, you know, with, you know, all the certain, sh- like what you talked about on uh, Last Chance U, you know, it was a lot of different, uh, you had other scholarship offers, but because of the situations that went on, especially like, you know, with you and your dad and all that type of stuff, um, you know, looks, you they got taken away. So, uh, do you feel like you...
1: Would you do this whole... Uh, do you regret anything? No, to be honest, I, I can't. Because with everything I went on, with everything that went on with me, that's made me the person I am today. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if I could went D1 out of high school, but would I still have that same dog in me right now? As yeah. of right now? Uh, like Would I still have that same drive? So, it's... I will never regret anything. It's just... I'll just keep going.
0: You think that, like, basically, like, through Juco, that's what made that dog come out of you? Because it's like you fighting. And now it's like you fighting for your life. Like you underwater and you, you ain't got no type of life vest or anything. So now you just trying to, trying to fight and keep and make it to the top. Basically, that's a, that's <laughs> like a good metaphor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what Juco did for me. And yeah, I didn't even I come up with that same straight dog or dog mentality until. Until JUCO to be honest. So JUCO has instilled in me just that grind, really that grit, just really getting yourself and nobody acting like nobody telling you or actually what to do. Like me have to make moves on myself. That's what I love about Juco, to be honest. It may it may become not a grown man, but a young man. Mm-hmm. A young developing man.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like um there are, are lessons that you have learned through your experience at Laney that maybe you probably wouldn't have learned had you, maybe not even that you will learn at Hawaii, like do you feel that there's something that you learned that's really impacted you?
1: Yeah, uh, really opening up to my coaches to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never really a talkative person, really opening up. Uh, so coming to Lane it really showed me like, you have people that has your back, so yeah, I don't have to tell them everything, but let them know what's going on a little bit, and that, that can help a long ways.
0: I think I'm still learning to do that. Like I, I'm one of those people that's really like. If you ask me, I'll let you know. If you don't ask me, you won't know anything that I'm going through. Because I try to, like, I kind of bottle everything in. Like, um, my coaches, they don't know a lot that I might be going through because I don't tell them. But it will show through my game and they'll be like, you know, what's what's up with you or what's wrong? And I'll be, I'll try to act like, you know, nothing's, nothing's wrong because I feel like I don't want to be a problem to people. Yeah. Or I don't want no type of, like, handout or some type of pity party. People feel bad for me. And I think I I actually have to work on that um, because it it does, like, take a toll on me mentally during Mm -hmm. season. And even just with, like, academics and stuff, like, I get really, like, down and not wanting to do anything. And, like, for people out there that are listening, like, you know, don't be like me, like, (laughs) try to reach out to somebody, try to try to listen to people's advice because there are people out there that actually care about you, believe it or not. And uh, that's gonna be my little 2021, little New Year's resolution because I'm ready for 2020 to be over with, but that's what I'm gonna work on next year.
1: <laughs> that was my problem, like I won't tell nobody anything because I was just, for me, it was that feeling of being weak and I'm exposing myself to somebody. Yeah. So that's why I always just been to myself and quiet until until I explode and everybody knows what I'm feeling. But I've once I learn like I could talk to somebody and really tell them what's going on, mm-hmm. it can be way way better. Like I'm still learning through it. Like I'm not saying I got to completely hand down because I really don't. Mm-hmm. It's just little by little. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think I think we'll be. That'll be to the day that we die. It's like, because you, we got to understand, like, we, like, with your story, you done been through a lot of stuff. So it's like you unpacking the layers and talking about it releases it and brings healing in it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So every time you talk about it, it's, it's like you're healing even more. But I just think we all going to be forever. Um, we'll never have it figured out,
0: mm-hmm. ever,
2: completely. Um, but, I know you, uh, Haley, had mentioned uh, at one point you were sleeping in your car when you was at at Laney. And, um, you know, most people, they quit when adversity comes in their life, especially adversity like that. I know people are like, oh, nah, man, get this. You know, (laughs) I ain't about to go through all that. Right. Um, But what kept you going? Like, why didn't you give up?
1: To be honest, I don't even have a game. I don't I don't even know how I kept going. I just kept going. Like I I never thought about it like that. I never thought, well, I'm in my car, but I'm just going back to my mama. Like, no, like I can't even tell you. Like, I didn't have a motivation plan. Uh, I didn't have a game plan on what was gonna happen. So I just kept doing it. And for me, I didn't even see it as that. I was like, okay, I gotta stick my car. But I know I got to get to the work. I I know I got to I wasn't thinking about the cars so running. I was worried about what's going to happen on the field. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you explain like uh the daily life that you had to go through in Juco? Like what was your schedule because you know sleeping in your car, then at night you'd have to go to work and then you'd have to wake up in the morning for for practice and all that. So what was the schedule for you?
1: So a regular night, uh, I'll wake up probably six, six thirty. Uh, knock on my friend's door. Uh, take a shower. Um, if I have enough money, to eat or see if I can eat there. Just have like a little something to get me started in the day, and pick my other friend up, and then we go to Laney Uh, wait in traffic for like an hour and a half because. Bay Area traffic, something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to school, go to practice, uh, do work study for a cool hour thirty, and then go back to um, go back to go back to the job at Wingstop. Be there from like eight to twelve, and then go home. Go to my boy house, trying to see if I can do a little bit of homework here and there. Take a shower, and I go right back to my
0: car. I'm so glad that you made it out of that. Are you you still working while you're in Hawaii?
1: No, as of right now, no. (laughs) So I'm just trying to just really just focus on football Mm -hmm. and school for a little bit. Hopefully, maybe I'll get a job and I can get a scholarship. But right now, I'm trying to really just focus on football and school right now.
0: Yeah, How are you enjoying
1: it out there being so far well five hours away from I think it's five hours away from Cali? How are you enjoying it out there' uh, it's doing, I'm doing pretty good I do like miss miss my homeboys, but
0: yeah.
1: I know I know I don't want to be in the same position because i'll I would feel less of a man if I see my boys moving out of California doing stuff for their families and I'm still trying to hang out with them kicking with them like at 28, 29. So I know this was, this happened to uh, happen. But for my mama, this was, when I first came out here, uh this was tough because I just wanted to see my mom, my siblings, make sure they're good. And I just kept like breaking down and crying. Like when I first came out here, I, I was mentally weak. So I called my mama every day just trying to see how she's doing. And I told her, like, yeah, I hate it here. Like I miss you and stuff like that. So, I was really crying to her like every week just want to go back home. And then I went back to California, uh, just to regroup a little bit, just really make sure like I'm good. And then I started seeing like nothing has changed in California. So why would I want to go back to California? So then just go to Hawaii again. And I came back with a better mindset and I've been rolling ever since.
2: What made you, um,
1: Pick Hawaii. What made you decide to go with that school? Uh, it was December time. I, I really wanted to leave, Laney. Uh, really, just Hawaii. Really, just picked me. This really gave me that only opportunity. I think the most majority of schools just lost contact with me, and even schools that Coach Bean was trying to help me with. Mm-hmm. They said they love everything about me, but my film was enough receiver film to get comparison of other recruits, so they want other recruits just because based off the film. Uh, and so I talked to the coach. Uh, he was he was like, man, well, we love you. We'd love to have you. You just have to just walk on mm-hmm. and just keep busting your ass. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that. I talked to my mom about it. It was like, should I do this? Like, what's going to happen? She was like, talk to God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my mom's very religious. I mean, she's not over-religious, but she's very religious. She always tells me to talk to God about situations like this. So I talked to God. Bitch. I thought about It's like, I know this is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I think, as of right now, this is going to be the best opportunity for you. So I just walked on. And once I found out all the coaches went to Wazoo, um, I was scared because I didn't know what to do now because now I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And the coach that recruited me left me on an island, left me with a plan that I don't know what to do now. Yeah. So I was about to go back and I called Coach Beam telling me what's going on. What's was crazy was there were some other schools that were interested me but, when, but once they found out I went to Hawaii, they stopped talking to uh, yeah. Coach Beam about me too. So I was like, why here I come, man? Like I got, I deal with me. Yeah. <laughs> was it. Was it. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah, It was tough for me going all the way to Cali, being so far away from home, being away from my sister, my brother, my um, mom, dad, all them. And I'm really close to my grandma, so that was like the main person I didn't want to be so far away from. And I'm talking about the first couple weeks. I was just like, you know, I don't think I made the best choice that I could have made because I'm just, and that's just that depression in me. I'm just like, I'm so sad. (laughs) But I mean, that UCI is the only school that really recruited me. So I honestly had no choice or I was about to, you know, my thought process out of high school was like a community college or something. And they, they came out of nowhere picking me up. So I was just like the the separation from being home, especially from the ones that you really love and care about is really hard. And but I think it, it's what makes you because uh you might not see it now, but like I think that like everybody needs to get out of where they're comfortable at. Because yeah. I've learned so much being away from home that I don't think I would have learned if I had just stayed with where I'm Comfortable and know everything and know everybody. Seeing the same faces from high school and all that, <laughs> they still doing the same thing. I'm like, come on, let's do something new. Yeah. But yeah, and I think it just
2: it builds you because I had a real when I started realizing that when I started to realize that the things that God, uh, the things that we go through our journey is really not even for us. It's for other people. Like it's going to be people that that are in your shoes, whether. You're, while you're in school or after you finish school that that's gonna need you to hear your your story like mm-hmm. and you're gonna have so many because if you don't go through anything you can't help nobody like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it was like, it's like is and I know a lot of people that was in the same uh shoes that you're in even with you in Hawaii where as soon as they got there the per- people that recruited them they gone mm-hmm. and so it's just it's it's just all about the perspective and like you said at last chance you he was like you look at something with a negative perspective that's what you're gonna get negative stuff but if you flip it you're just gonna get more positive stuff and I just I believe a lot of great things and blessings is gonna come to you mm-hmm. from your decision um Thank just because sure. it's, it's really was faith I was, I was, to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> like, from what I'm hearing is nothing but faith is the reason why you're here is what's keeping you there you know mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're getting up on our last two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie has one and I have one and then we'll close it out. Uh, so we'll let Jamie go with her last question. Right on. What are three, with everything that you've been through, your journey, what are three values that you stand
1: on? Man, I have to asked a minute. I think my pride, that's one thing I really stand on, my pride. Uh, it is just not like me being like boasting or anything like that. Dish. At one point in time, I didn't have pride. Yeah. Uh, I felt weak. I didn't have nothing to stand for, but now I have something to stand for. Like I'm not gonna let that go. Mm-hmm. I, I've built my own foundation, and I'm not gonna let anyone take that from me. So I think pride is one. Uh, I think uh, my relationship with my family, like, mainly my mom, uh, just knowing what she's been through mm-hmm. and what she knows what I've been through. That's I think me and her got so much closer than where we were before we was already close but understanding each other's stories and seeing how we react with stuff seeing how we really are it it made us closer and really just my faith with god i think that's the real big thing was because he told me he gave me all these obstacles but he never left my side so i really stand on my faith and i really appreciate god and loving for that
0: and uh, everybody knows how we close. Uh, It's a question that basically relates to your sport. Uh, The question is, are you a person who runs from the hit or embraces it?
1: If we're talking about in life, I I embrace the hit. I embrace it. If if we're talking about the football field, i run from it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like contact. I really don't.
0: (laughs) Tackle every adversity with Mr. D or Walker Scott. Uh, Very happy to have had him on here, and again, Black Lives Matter, wear your mask, and please go vote. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, (laughs) y'all.